Well, here we are with season reflections. So let me start by, you know, asking as usual for you, Wayaki, to introduce yourself. Ah, uh, thanks, Njeri. Jetoka Wayaki wage shaga. Mushara wa bariya muturi. Hamari kamawada ni dewa mwagi. Kashiarwa ni maina. Demuihu wana airimo a bariya bogo. Na yeah, thank you so much for for uh, coming. <laughs> Thanks, Wayaki. I really miss you, and we're not even <laughs> in our last episode of season two. I'm already like waiting for season three. This has been quite a journey. So, been. what about you, King Ori? Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh yeah, once again, I'd like to say hello to everyone. And I'm happy to be here as always. Uh, and like I always say, I like to um, mention that Demoduriwa Kiyama and that uh, I have learned a lot from that process. And I'm happy to be here to share a little bit of what I can. Oh, we are so grateful to you, King Ori. And this season two has been delicious because of your presence in it. In it. And we are so happy to have had you through this journey because today we are going through a memory lane, you know, season reflections episode. So I think that we should start it a little bit juicy. And how I think we should start it is perhaps with you, Ayaki. Maybe as you reflect on Matiri Gemi and as having gone through two seasons and the reason that you decided to go down this journey of Kerira and Matiri Gemi. Tell us a little bit about what your experience has been. How have you transformed and what does all this mean to you? And by the way, we also kind of want to know which has been your favorite episode of Matiri Gemi so far. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a lot of questions to unpack. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll say you know when I, you know, in two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, my dad came to visit uh, me here in Houston, and uh-huh. he brought me a book. Actually, I have this book in front of me. It's the A Thousand Kikuyu Proverbs by G. Barra. And uh, when I was growing up, uh, my dad used to always teach us using uh, dimo, and dimo is 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 uh, is the word for proverbs in Kikuyu. Even though dimo means you know measured words, it's like words that are measured. Uh, so mm-hmm. he would tell us things like "mudomi muega arolaga kafere," which means um, you know a good student always looks ahead you know a good student always um looks at the road before him before traveling you know so he i mean my dad used to give us things all the time and and so with that when he brought me this book it just brought me back to took me back to when i was a kid uh talking to my dad about different things and uh and then since then, you know, I started just reading the book and trying to understand and, you know, talking to different people, asking my dad, what does this mean? Asking my mom, what does this mean? You know, and when I tell my parents this story, my mom is the one who says, uh, she says, yeah, I, you know, I was in Nairobi and I was in a bookshop and I bought this book and told my dad <laughs> and told, told my husband, can you take this book to Ayaki in, uh, in uh, the U.S.? So, 
you know that's that's kind of like how i got into you know understanding or getting interested in learning you know our culture you know through those measured words or what we call the mo Mm-hmm. And it's been a long journey, uh, you know. Just and then you know, with the with with the internet uh, and YouTube and listening to radio, uh, all through those years is when I started learning and you know building a library and collecting books and and meeting very many good people who have given me a lot of uh, kerera, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, so that's kind of like my backstory. Okay. <laughs> I got into Kerala. <laughs> I love that backstory. I remember my mom used to like to tell me one Vimo, uh, which I know every girl growing up was told almost. Which uh, is Which one is that? Mwedoza kadasha yaga. Which nowadays uh, I take to mean Perseverance mm-hmm. is important. <laughs> so, I love your story Waiyaki and um you know, let me ask you this. What was your favorite episode so far? Uh, so, you know, I have a lot of favorite episodes. And, you know, there's two that stand out to me. Um, and, you know, the first one is is uh, the one on Gemi. Uh, the one on Gemi particularly is... You know, because the philosophy of Gemi is very, um, it's deep in a sense and it's very enlightening for when you understand. Because you've been hearing Gemis all the time. You um, you hear Gemis at weddings, you hear Gemis at all sorts of occasions. So when I learned about Gemis and what they mean and what they stand for, uh, what they manifest for uh, children and adults per, uh, per se, uh, and so that get that episode and obviously because the name Matire Gemi uh is the name of our podcast uh so that get that particular episode is is close to my heart but the other one I also like is and I like them all but you know the philosophy of Moratina also because to me I think when I listen to those two episodes back uh I you know I think from the episode of Gemi and the episode of Moratina I feel like I developed um, in the art of storytelling personally, you know. So I feel like, you know, when I told the story of, you know, how uh, the bees uh, make honey and, you know, how the Muratina fruit, uh, what, its, what its significance is, you know, I, feel, I felt like I didn't know I could be able to tell stories that have meaning and people would resonate with. So... I think those two episodes are close to my heart, are really close to my heart. But I love them all. I love all the yeah. episodes. <laughs> I think they're amazing. And, 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 and truly, I think those were great episodes. I agree with you, Wayaki. And you really did take us down a beautiful journey in season one, you know, where you really introduced us to a lot of concepts and the philosophy of the Mogekoyo, which really set the stage and the foundation for us to actually go deeper in season two, and I'm sure even deeper in season three. So we loved those episodes as much as you did. So uh, thank you for that, Wayaki. It has been a beautiful journey. All right, so I think now it's for you, King Orimoduri Wakiyama. So tell us a little bit about your journey into Kerira. Like, how did this happen? What? How? How did you end up here? 
Yeah, so a lot like Waiyaki. I come from a family that never quite let it go. Um, so I have um, my late father who um, was significantly older than I, uh, than I uh, and my siblings and would uh, really just ooze some level of um, sagely wisdom that always kind of piqued my interest. Um, so there's that, and there are all the other relatives, especially on my paternal side. My, my, maternal, fam- my fa- maternal family was a bit more modern, uh, but my paternal family was a bit more steeped in our ways. And so whenever we interacted with them, you could feel that you know, ancient knowledge coming through and even in the way we did things, the way we slaughtered uh, during holidays, you know, there was this, it, it just felt, you know, it felt like something regal that we were getting into with the way everyone had decorum and the way you couldn't, you know, the way we everyone behaved and carried themselves, they carried themselves so much dignity that I felt, you know, always just lucky to have had that, you know, close to me. Uh, as I got older, um, even if I got older, I mean, like most of us, I grew up in the city of Nairobi and uh, as Western as can be, completely, you know, surrounded by Western media. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, I loved Boys to Men and, and hip hop <laughs> and whatever, just like the rest of us. And, um, you know, just really sought to uh, immerse myself fully in the Western culture. And so it's not unusual that this journey led to coming to the United States and getting here and starting to really um, make a life here. It just felt like, ooh, I think something's missing. You know, there's that feeling of, um, you know, being rooted that started to, f- mm. to feel like it was being chipped away. And so I think that's where my journey starts. And I start looking for books, you know, like the Facing Mount Kenya by, by Kenyatta and a few other books. Those are the easier ones to find, the Gogi Wadiongo books, you know, any proverbs somewhere. It just became a curiosity that started building and uh, interacting with as, you know, whenever I find elders anywhere, I would interact with them. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was looking for until much later I realized, you know what I'm looking for? I was looking for our civilization, mm-hmm. you know, because we think civilization is something, uh, you know, physical and, you know, cities and what have you. F- civilization is actually the word for civilization in Kiswahili carries a bit, it's closer to home for us, you know, and the word for um, civilization in Kiswahili is something that is a bit closer to home. It's Ustarabu. When we say Ustarabu, when we say that word in Swahili, we, we know what it means. It means how you carry yourself, this, this demeanor and this way you treat people and the way you seem like an, you know, an easygoing, flowing person. Ustarabu is civilization. And it is actually also odoire. Odoire in Kikuyu, the way that I live, the way that I'm living. And so I felt like I was missing that. Where is this? strong sense of justice that I grew up with and seems like it wasn't so much present uh, with, you know, you know, in my new life here in the United States. You know, it's there, but in a different way. So there was just this something that rang a little hollow and I started reaching out for it. 
and slowly, like they say, if you search, you'll find. And I would find that, hey, there's this little string of Kerera that I'd pull and I'll unravel and find a whole yarn behind it. And it's, you know, mind-blowing information, mind-blowing way of thinking. And um, that's kind of how... Uh, I've always been, and even till today, I'm still searching, you know, and it's something that may never, ever stop. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really my backstory with Kerera and how I've been. Uh, I, you know, whenever I have an opportunity to share, I always feel very privileged to do so, and I don't take it for granted. So, I, you know, this is what happened with Matire Egemi. And I know your question is, our, the next question is around which episode they take the questions <laughs> before uh, they are provided or what <laughs> they just know they 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 preempt they know you know it's they in know the stars it's they know it's coming so 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 giving you those uh answers as well no but in in all due seriousness um material gave me um you know the first episode that i ever listened to It's actually my wife who told me, hey, have you listened to this, uh, you know, this, this podcast? It's really awesome. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And the first one I listened to was actually the one on Gemi and the power of Gemi. And it, it is still my favorite episode because, you know, it was, it was very well delivered. And I think it also is a lot, it's, you know, it was very well put together, but also it's how it made me feel, I think, you know. There was this sense that I was like, oh, you know, wow, you know, here are guys who are doing exactly what I've been thinking I need to also do. And they were doing it with such great style and uh, very awesome delivery. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, the, 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 the two of you, the way you uh, delivered it, the, 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 the friendship that was oozing through it, uh, you know, the, the power of Njeri and the power of Oyaki, very different individuals, uh, that also just made it that, that much more beautiful. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And you, I think you guys will remember, I, I reached out, not thinking that I would ever be on the podcast, but I was like, hey guys, <laughs> if you ever need someone to help you do some research, uh, let me know. You know, that's kind of how, uh, that was <laughs> yeah. my, the, the extent of what I was interested in doing. Um, but I guess one thing led to another and here we are. Mm. Yeah. It's so beautiful to have had you on this journey. I know in uh, season one, we had you in uh, five episodes, right? Which right. was a mm -hmm. fantastic. And uh, since then, you've continued to bring so much richness to our experience and just continuing to round us out with your knowledge Thank and you. perspective. It's been a really good experience. Thank you, King Thank Ori. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Jerry, are you going to tell us about your journey? We're not going to skip over you. <laughs> well, no, thank you, Wayaki. I think for me, it's been an interesting journey and I've actually tried to reflect as to what brought me to this moment where we're sitting together here. And it's actually interesting because when I reflect on my childhood, I actually reflect on my father. And many people actually do not know that I was not raised in a Christian home. Right. But I went, we went to Christian schools. Right. And when I say that we did not grow up in a Christian home, our father, my father always made us question uh, what we thought to be true. 
And I remember he would make us, he would ask us to question. He would refer to God as the Kikuyu God. And I remember that our dad would actually, my dad would actually make us, ask us the question, why do we believe in the Christian God and not Gai, the Kikuyu God? And this is at a very young age where my dad would actually, while, while, while we were not raised in a, in a, in a home where there was a lot of uh, steeping in, in a Yekoya tradition, we certainly were very modern. But unlike most families, my father himself was rooted in Ogekoyo. So my father himself actually asked us, would question our religion. So there was no intersection of Ogekoyo and Christianity as happened in many homes, right? So really the voice that remained there was one that questioned. And for me, that has always been something that is very fascinating and something I told my dad, I'm gonna, or I told myself, I'm gonna ask my dad this weekend, you know, whether there was intentionality behind that, but knowing my dad, there, there probably really was. So that idea of thinking of us as whole and our history and our religion as a valid one, even when everybody around us did not embrace our, our natural Ogekoyo religion as a valid one, right? It's not until later that many people started to embrace that, right? Or not many, some people in the city. So that for me is fascinating. And then fast forward to about 2016, I go through this crisis in my life. And I mean more like a spiritual crisis where I'm asking questions like, who am I? Right? Like, who am I really? You know, and I think that happens to a lot of us who are in the diaspora. Like, what do I want? Who am I? Why was I put on this earth? And then you start to ask those questions and you start to feel very uncentered and you're almost seeking some truth that you don't know where to get that truth from, right? And naturally, some of that truth comes from within, right? So it was very interesting, actually, to go through that journey. And then, boom, you know, a couple of years later, here comes Waiyaki, you know, one of my friends and teachers. And then, boom, here comes Matire Gemi. And then, boom, here comes King Ori, one of my friends and teachers. So it's almost like, and then there's also other people who've continued to enter my world from the world of Ogekoyo. And it's fascinating how they have just been coming into my world without me seeking them naturally for that. So for me, I feel like it's been a journey of synchronicity, you know, starting with my father who never criticized Christianity it was his. It was whatever choice we wanted to make religion wise, but it was more he made us question what the truth is. And I think that that opened me up to be receptive to even the message that we're getting today. So my favorite episode, guys, for me, it's without a doubt, episode three and five, right? So three was where we were talking about the Ayakoi religion and spirituality, part one. And it's where we even started to deconstruct some things which, uh, which we believed about who we were that were not true, like Goma and Gomi, right? So I think that aligns so well with this Thing that my parents embedded in me to question, right, everything and to be open to the answers that come. And then when we came to episode five, that's even where King Ori, you also came in and you even blew this whole, you know, this whole Goma thing. But even you guys really helped us understand that we had a true sense of spirituality, from this episode. And so it connected so nicely with the, 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 the foundation that my father had set so many years ago when we were children. It's like you finally closed that gap for me through those two episodes, the two of you. So to me, those two, without a doubt, are my favorite episodes because they show the string from childhood to today.
that's it for me guys <laughs> mm. <laughs> excellent excellent yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, this 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 whole thing uh, has been a beautiful thing and uh you're right, let's see um how season 3 uh inspires us to yeah, move forward. <laughs> I agree. Yes, so let me yes. ask you this guys, I think now it's time for us to get into the season reflections. So what I'd love to do is for us to go into every episode and you guys actually start to share with us what was the key takeaway, the highlight of each of the episodes. So I think we should start with the first episode in season two. And this first episode was called Moshiwa Mogekoyo, the home of a Mogekoyo. This one was a really good one that we introduced, you know, this concept to our listeners about. So uh, Kingori, why don't you tell us what your highlight from this episode actually was? Yeah, Moshiwa Mogekoyo was a really good boot up kind of... Um, um, an episode because it actually set the stage and kind of re um, helped us to reimagine what the homestead was like. Um, mm-hmm. We learned about that, that there's a difference between Anyoba and Adigira, mm-hmm. and that both of these uh, were found within the Mushie, and that the Anyoba was a woman's uh, homestead. And that the Igira was the man's homestead. So a lot of people, I'm sure, learned that uh, men and women did not actually sleep in the same bedroom, right? Uh, that, should, that should have been a key takeaway. Um, and that um, this kind of also um, follows a natural uh, cosmology when you look at um, how those two um, kind, of, kind of flow around each other how they interact around each other. It's almost like a planet and a sun or a moon and a planet in that they stabilize each other. Each cannot exist without the other and vice versa. Um, we understood that the Mnoba is, in, you know, indeed is the nucleus of this home and that that's where um, most of the uh, ceremonies would happen. Uh, it would have most of the... Um, uh, you know, people who lived in this homestead would be actually residing there, and that this mm-hmm. digira was uh, had a different role to play, which was protective, mm-hmm. uh, instructive. There was, the, but these two were two unique and uh, you know very powerful institutions in of themselves. Um, so we learned a lot about the interplay between those two. We learned about. <laughs> Can we I learned about add something uh-huh. there, King? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually funny because this weekend I was watching uh, Netflix release this show called Animals. I think it was Animals mm-hmm. I was watching, right? And it was fascinating because the, one of the episodes had a lions. And I know we've all seen lions before. But mm-hmm. what was fascinating is that there, would be, there was this lion and he had his, I don't know what they call it, troop, whatever, with a bunch of lionesses and kids. What I didn't know is so interesting because I saw the parallels to the Mogekoyo way of yes. life, right? And mm-hmm. then your bus. So here's what would happen. The lionesses and would be the ones who are hanging with the cubs, you know, raising them until they're older. But they would go hunting and they would come and uh, get the food and bring the food home. But the lion would just be chilling. So I was like, why is this lion just chilling? He's really big and ferocious. Shouldn't he be out there hunting? So it was actually fascinating because the food would come home and then the lion in their natural order would eat first. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) The lioness has just spent a lot of time hunting and the lion is here eating before anybody else. 
but it was fun. And this lion is huge and ferocious. But then they actually ended up explaining something, that the reason why the lion is not out there hunting and why the lion eats first is because the lion is the one that provides protection, right, to the entire uh, home, right, that if there's any invaders, any attackers, this lion needs all their strength and energy to actually protect the pride. So it was fascinating to see the parallels, you know, between the Nyoba where the wife, uh, the mom and her children stay while they're young, right, and then, of course, and then the, 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 the gira, which is about protection, right, where the, where the actual lion hangs out, his main goal being protecting the pride. It was actually quite fascinating. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that one in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that, that is a perfect analogy. Um, there's another one you actually told us. We told us another story last time when we, during that particular episode about how you would go to your show shows, um, Kitchen in Nyeri, I believe. And that it was full of dog oil. Remember that? (laughs) And that, uh, how the, how it would sting. It would sting your eyes. But that, um, once you got in, um, and once you kind of got used to that, there was this beauty in the experience of being there in her kitchen and how it warmed your soul. And I remembered that because it kind of just re- I thought that that's generally how it is when we're going when we start going back to understand our culture we see some things just like you just mentioned why is that lion not hunting we will come back to and you look at our culture and say why are these men sitting around on jongwas just talking while the women are doing this and in, in at the at that instant it might sting our eyes because we're looking at it from a different lens mm-hmm. we're looking and saying that should not be that way because where i come from we don't do x right but the moment you get used to that little sting you start to see the beauty you start to you know take on this other lens and you start to better understand what's happening you just like this lion. Now you get it. You get why the lion has to be in tip-top shape. He can't have just run after a gazelle. And then here comes, you know, a bunch of hyenas that they need to, he needs to fight off. You know, it would not be a productive way for him to spend his energy. Um, so in the same way, we had the same sort of scenario. Our men uh, had a lot of godhiga to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what the gira means. They are, you know, it's patching, kind of patching of holes. Whether it is physically to do it with a fence parameter and make sure they're not wild dogs or anything coming in or to fight off animal. That is animals that may be around there or to always be on alert. You know, you can't have the same man be on alert, but at the same time be grinding corn. You know, it may not be the best way for them, for them to spend their energy. Uh, at the same time, they are on alert to see whether there is any injustice happening within the family of any particular person. And remember, he's also playing the judge um, who has to be brought for all these issues to resolve on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, from our lens, uh, and this just goes to, I think, any time you go look into any culture, but more so our own culture, if you're not familiar with what you're looking at, you may get a little sting in your eyes at the beginning. But, you know, keep watching and the image will become clear and you should be able to appreciate what you're seeing. Oh, I love that close so nicely, which is anytime we're, we're facing culture, 
we should be sure not to evaluate it with just a Western lens, but right. instead we should take the time to understand why that culture was before we pass judgment on that culture, right? Mm. Or on those uh, patterns that you see in that culture because there might be reasons for it. Sometimes there are no good reasons for it, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. there are good reasons for it. And I think that that is such a good one. Love that. Awayaki, anything to add before we go to episode two? Yeah, I'll just add just on the the that story of the lions because I love nature shows, uh, Jerry uh, and King Ori. So, you know, the lion has to protect uh, the, the the lionesses and the kids because if you've watched other nature shows, what happens is if this lion is incapacitated, you know, lions are not rational. So if another lion comes and invades this home, they usually will kill the children. Yep. And so it's, you know, it's a very sad. So really the lion's main job is to protect the women and the children. And so that's really a man's role. And I think that episode uh, brought that out really well, like the role-based uh, symbiotic union between the man and the woman, the yin and the yang, so to speak. You know, the other the other thing I'll say, uh, and then we can move on to the next episode, is uh, just a saying. There's a saying that says, Shia Mushi Etishomo. You know, we talked about this the saying, Mushi Dogo, and we explained what that means. You know, it's kind of a deep saying. Shia Mushi Etishomo is, it's, what it says is, you know, the information about the home is not dispersed out, basically. You know, so if you have private matters about your home, you have to keep it private because, you know, you don't know who's listening. You don't know who your enemies are. And so the Mogekoyo uh, was very, was about privacy, you know. And, you know, if you contrast with today's uh, culture, or the Western culture of, you know, oversharing uh, about your home or, you know, putting everything out on social media, for example, the Mogekoyo was very private in their home affairs uh, and and they valued personal privacy, and so I hope our audience can understand what Shiamushi Tishomo means. Mm. Nice, thank you. I love that Wayaki. Thank you for adding that. All right, guys. I think that what we talked about here may also have bled into episode two. So maybe we'll just go over through that one very quickly. So maybe, Wayaki, we could go to you for episode two really quickly. And episode two was about the economy of the Mogekoyo, right? So you tell me if there is a lot of parallels and if we should just jump into episode three. Or maybe you can give us some quick highlights. What did you see in episode two, which was the economy of the Mogekoyo? Uh, so, I mean, we learned that in episode two, one of the things that destroyed the economy of the Mogekoyo was mm. the coming of fiat currency. And, mm. you know, that being introduced where you had to go and work for um, Zungu or work in the, the, the highlands so that you can pay your hard tax and provide for your family, that really destroyed um, a lot of our creative processes or our artisans, what they used to create and what they used to build. The Mogekoyo used to do many things uh, from, you know, fashioning iron, ornaments, uh, creating all sorts of art. They were very uh, creative. In, we, we were very, or we are very creative 
if I may use present tense. But we kind of lost that when we, when you know, colonization came. Mm. Uh, but it also showed that you know the Mogekoyo is is hardworking and uh, they their economy was vibrant and they would barter. Both men and women would would be involved in trading, you know. And mm-hmm. there are some people who are better than trade. You know, Mamushera and Ashera are known for <laughs> trading. So. I don't want to beat my <laughs> my chest <laughs> on it, but the, the Ashera are said to be uh, excellent traders. Uh, and so the Mugekoyo had their own economy. So you, going back to what King Ori said about civilization, we we had a system of trading. We had a system of creating goods and services, you know. So mm-hmm. that, that I think that episode brought that out. Uh, and I think I'll add a saying uh, to um, just to back up that episode. There's a saying that says, "Komada takuramata." Komada means to 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 earn. You know, uh, so you know what that means. Komada hinya, It's like earning is not as difficult as keeping your earnings. So you know you can make a lot of money or make a lot of earnings, but you know being able to manage. Uh, your earnings is very important. So, audience, I wanted to leave our audience with that saying: "Komada hinyata kuramata." So, kuramata is to manage well. So, when you hear the word "muramati," is somebody who is a trustee, somebody who's managing uh, wealth or land or a family. So, it's important that our uh, audience understands that the Mogekoyo used to say that, and they, they still, we still say that: "Komada komada hinyata kuramata." Mm, I love that saying so much, Wayaki. And even what you were saying before, I was actually talking to a friend this weekend and we were talking about this, uh, the exchange of money for your gift. We, we started talking about the kind of a little bit about sometimes the Kenyan culture in general, and I'm generalizing, where we may not want to always pay for certain gifts, right? We want them to be to receive those gifts. So let's say somebody comes to do conflict resolution for you, right? You want somebody to just come as a moduri and just do it for free, right? And not realize that there is a gift happening in that experience. So maybe I was wrong or not, but I ended up telling them, that in the Ayekoyo culture, there was this belief, right, that when you receive a gift from somebody, even if it is somewhat like a spiritual gift or a talent, right, because that's a definition of wealth, right, that there was this almost like spiritual or earthly expectation to then give something back. So let's say Amuduri comes in and gives uses his wisdom, right, to develop your children, I don't know, or to resolve a conflict, then you would give something back, whether it's, I don't know what we would give a body something, but there was always this exchange, right, which I think which really, and you guys can tell me if it's true or not, but it really speaks to a culture that really honored truly the definitions of wealth, Right, and really looked at these talents and gifts and our economy. Part of our economy was actually grown by giving this unique talents and gifts. And yeah. in exchange for those talents and gifts, you get compensation back. Isn't that yeah. part of our culture? So not only do we need to manage our wealth, like Wayaki is saying, but in order to bring it in, we also deserve wealth back for our gifts. Or talents. Jerry, Jerry, you're very right, and I'll give you a word for that. It's actually duhi. Do he he is what we give uh, to our elders or someone who has done you well. 
uh, and you're trying to say thank you you can you know saying thank you with just your 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 your, your words it's great but uh, it's even better when you can give something even a cup of water you know you know when you give something back it helps right. it's it's better than just saying it um and that's it's a very it's a very appropriate cultural uh response love to a good it, deed love it. love it okay well now we go to episode 3 this one was quite delicious because we finally tackled a topic that had been of big interest to our uh listeners which had to do with irua which is initiation into adulthood. So King Ori, we're going to pass this one on to you. So what was the highlight from this episode? You know, for anybody that wants to and let me say this real quick. Right, the beauty of listening to all the highlights is if you have not listened to all 10 episodes, right? What you can do is see which of the highlights is extremely attractive to you, meaning which one do you want to learn more about and then use the highlights to pick and choose which episodes you're going to go deeper into. So, King Ori, tell us about episode 3, Irua. Yes. What was the big takeaway? Yeah, so Irua, I think um our listeners walked away with a clear understanding that the word circumcision doesn't begin to and uh, to really uh break down what Irua means. Circumcision is just one part and it's one of three parts. Circumcision is a physical cutting. but beyond that we had we came to understand about iruareomo which is my, which is mind and spirit uh that there was a transformation of the initiate mentally and spiritually on top of the physical change that happened um we are, you know hopefully our listeners walked away understanding that this was a key piece uh of uh the process of higher education in the Mogekoyo's culture that this was a time where not only were they becoming illiterate but they were also being educated about their self about themselves about their people about their mm-hmm. culture uh and all the roles that they had played and will will be playing moving forward uh that should have come through very clearly we also understood came to learn that there were these key people these very very important people in that process there were many of them but i'll mention just two there was motiri now akiri these are the people who were the anchors uh someone who was an an older youth who had gone through this prior uh and was there to guide our initiate through the process and would would really become a mentor a brother a sister moving forward for this individual for the rest of their life um we learned about many other people who will play those roles you know we that the initiates gained another father another mother through that process uh and so there was we we learned about how well um guided how well supported an individual was when they went through this process and how they continue to be guided moving forward and finally we should have learned about jama the unique groupings and councils of youth councils of young men uh in particular we talked about that in great detail that these young men would be uh, ushered into and would set the stage for them becoming aduri akema in uh you know later on in life and also for women how their jamas would be uh a place where they sought um not just um 
you know, wisdom from elderly women, but also justice for their issues. Um, so this, this I think, to me was a very special um, episode uh, because it's often not talked about in, you know, you know, in our media. So this should have been a special one. Wow, it really was, King Orin. That's such a good summary. Thank you for that. And I'll check in with you in a second, Wayaki, to see if any, you have anything to add. Okay. You know, and one of the things that for me was so mind-blowing or eye-opening was the fact that with the girls and as women, we lost the physical cutting of Irua, which was, to me, good. But what we did is we lost also the other aspects of Irua that came with the education. And that was not just girls either. Now the boys continued the physical cutting, but they lost the other educational aspects, the spiritual and other aspects of, of uh, Irua, which I think contributes significantly to some of the challenges we've been having as a society today, because as young girls and young boys, all the way till men and women, we didn't get some of that critical education to go through the different stages of our lives, but also to set us up right in terms of a community that has that has great interpersonal relationships you know across the board right so thank you that was a great episode anything to add there wayaki yeah the only thing i'll add because both of you summarized it really well the only thing i'll add is that this philosophy of initiation or what we call irua is the education that was given for your life it's your um what we call in Kikuyu, or how we say it is, so how are you going to live once you become, you know, once you pass this stage, once you become an adult? It's the education that we missed because, yes, you know, we were told, go to primary, elementary school, high school, go to university, get a degree, go to college, do all those things. But then we missed like, how do you live? How do you live with your neighbors? How do you live with your wife? How do you live with your husband? How do you live with your children? How do you raise your children? And that's the education that most of us uh, are missing. Yeah. How that's, do you live with your in-laws? How do you live with your in-laws? How do you, how do you relate with, you know, how, what's, what's your position in the world? Like, you know, when you, when you look at the hierarchy of your life, you know, how do you respect the people you work with, your bosses? You know, strangers. You know, that's why, for example, today, or when I was a kid, when we would get on a KBS, a Kenya bus, you know, you could see young men or young girls waking up uh, to let an elder sit down, mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, you don't have that anymore. Today, everything is equal. You know, it's yeah. equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's how do you live within your community, It, which is the education that needs to be reinforced even more, more as important as education is that's the, the the education that's going to make you navigate life successfully yeah oh i love that absolutely why well, yeah, i can love, love, love that oh that was a great episode that was episode three irua okay now we're going to episode four and i'm gonna turn to you wayaki to give us your initial thoughts so uh, episode four was all about udoni narurashio 
Wow. If we have had a lot of questions about one process, it has to do with the process of Roratio. So this was the first part of introducing Roratio because we came to realize that it's not as simple as the transaction so many of us had thought about. So, Waiyaki, why don't you tell us about... So we'll just kind of summarize all the three uh, the, the three episodes of Odoni as one. So mm-hmm. I'll have you go uh, speak about those episodes and Kengori as well, you know, to kind of summarize summarize episode four, five, and six. So, Wayaki, what are some key highlights around Odoniwa Naru Ratio? Uh, one of the key highlights, uh, you know, that those episodes are expansive and the knowledge is is, is um, expansive. And, you know, Kingori gave us a narration that was pretty uh, long and detailed on what the process is, what the steps were taken for uh, in the process of Ratio. Uh, but one of the key takeaways that I would like our audience to understand is, you know, it, it's not a checklist. You know, uh, Odoni and Horatio uh, in, is, can be different. There are nuances depending on the family you come from, depending on the Moherega you come from, um, depending on the Bare you come from. There's nuances. And so uh, when going through this process, this very important process, uh, you have to kuhoya kerera. You have to find uh, knowledgeable people who will walk you through and make you understand uh, the process. That's one thing. And then the other thing is, I think a highlight that um, is missed a lot when people are talking about the kerera for uh, Roratio and Odoni is the fact that the Adoni, and I know we mentioned this, but the Adoni are um, the father of the bride and the father of the groom. And maybe one thing maybe we mentioned or we didn't mention is the fact that those two men usually will take an oath to protect the marriage uh, of their children. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Gare. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, pe- people have to um, uh, realize that that's a very important oath uh, especially if you're a parent and your uh, son, daughter is getting married, that, you know, you're the first, the father, especially the father is the one who protects the first line of defense for that union breaking up. You know, it, it, and it's, you know, it's a very different concept from, you know, the Western uh, philosophy on marriage where, you know, it's just kind of the two individuals uh that I think is something that people need to take very seriously because that is one of the the key. That was one of the key insurance policies, if I may call it that, that protected a lot of marriages. Uh, as we know, marriages have their ups and downs, but the men, the adoni, are the ones who really came through to protect, and they took an oath, a sacred oath, to protect this union. Oh, I love that so much. Yes, those were such key and fundamental um, points that you brought up, Waiyaki. And we're going to come to you, King Ori. But I also wanted to add, Waiyaki, that one of the things that was so profound to me is how we shattered the misconception that Roratio is bride price, that you're buying a bride. Mm. 
right? And that I think it was you, Wayaki, was saying, or maybe you, Kengori, who talked about the fact that the Agekoyo did not trade human beings, right? So uh, that that really Rorashio had a much bigger uh, spiritual significance. And when we think about it today, where we call it buying a bride, that really is, again, the example of the lion and the pride that we had before, where you're looking at culture from a Western lens or a different lens, and you're not really understanding what is really happening within the culture. So when we think of Rorashio from that lens, of course, you're buying a bride. And which bride wants to be bought like a piece of property, right? So you guys helped to really shatter that and help people see that if you look at our culture and its beauty, Rorashio is actually such a beautiful thing that we would want to partake in when we really understand what it is and not look at it from a Western lens. What do you think about that, Wayaki? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the the, the biggest uh, myth we 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 uh, shattered with with that reading from the the Southern Kikuyu before 1903, where even LSB Liki himself understood that um, it was deeper than that. And you know, it's what going back to what King Ari is saying that you know when you look at culture, you can't look at the surface. You know, the, you can look at the surface and maybe you not understand or it might repulse you but you have to go deeper and under, and and delve deep and understand you know why are things ask those questions why you know and i'll say another thing before we uh kingori i know kingori has something to say is <laughs> you know we we have to stop uh compare or looking at our culture uh with with uh the western lens of analysis because there, there are no, there, there are parallels, yes, but there are some things that just don't uh, match uh, uh, word for word or uh, concept to concept. So when you look at even like the cost, concepts of patriarchy and matriarchy, and I know King already talked about this at length in season one. We you know we didn't have those concepts uh, or those words in in our culture, in our language. We didn't have them. So when you say, oh, this Kikuyu is a matriarchal or patriarchal or patrilineal or this or that, you know, it, it may not fit 100%, you know. So, you, you know, go back and, and, and try and understand the concepts from a Mogekuyu perspective or from an African perspective. Yeah, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Waiyaki. All right, Kingori, what are some of your thoughts and uh, around these episodes on Odonina Rorashio? <clears throat> yeah, I, I hope what came through was how beautiful and well thought out this um, process of marriage was or and is among the Agekoyo. It is beautiful. Um, there's a lot of respect and love for the people who are giving you a bride. You know, we see in the Western culture some level of, I don't know, condescending attitude or some kind of rivalry with in-laws or some kind of hatred, love, hate. There was none of that. There was nothing but love and respect for people who were gracious enough to give you a bride. To give you someone to call your, you know, your wife for the rest of your life, and to give you someone to call a husband for the rest of your life, it was a good thing, and you were predisposed to love them, uh, and you, you know, you, you actually positioned yourself to integrate with them fully and be part of the same family and be allies. So, you know, let's not learn everything 
from our media exposure and start picking on things that we have no business picking up from the West. We have our own things to to lean on. Let us have the you know that sanctity of marriage. Let us let us really protect it. Let us um, respect our family. Let us you know let us live by our own ways, which I think. Uh, the more we dig into, we realize are beautiful and are able to give us uh, a meaningful life. Um, other than that, yeah, I'd say lens, 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 you know. So, you know, there's no one paradigm to life. Uh, there are many ways to look at things and organize. And so um, let's not be tricked into thinking that um, that there's only one way that things can be and that so-and-so has tried it. And it has failed. Therefore, we now can all only go to the next step two according to their plan and their playbook. No, we have had successful institutions. Let us uh, relearn them where we've forgotten and let's protect them and be proud of them. I think that's hopefully that came through very clearly on those three episodes on uh, Ruratio. Um, and also I'll take this opportunity to officially, I know Jerry had stolen my thunder last time and uh, <laughs> mentioned something about a book. I, I don't know what book Jerry was talking about, but I, 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 but there is a book <laughs> that um, with the help of uh, Matira Ngemi, we're going to be launching um, on this very topic. We hope to get into it in a little more detail. And I'm very excited about that project um, and looking forward to it. So we'll be we'll be announcing dates and hopefully even have uh, some Q and A sessions here and there while we do that release. What do you think, Jerry? Oh, I think it's so beautiful. I think this book is going to be everything we have been looking for, at least from a phase one perspective. And the reason I say that is because people keep asking all the time about the process is broken down very simply in English as it has to do with the process of Ruratio. And not right. only people who listen to the podcast, but any per- young person who's going and thinking about getting into, into marriage, right? This is mm-hmm. a common question we have. How does the Ruratio process work? How does the Gurario process work? All of these questions are top of mind. And I'm so excited that you have written this book for Asking Ori. And we are so proud as Matire Gemi to have the opportunity to share it out with our listeners and the world. So you guys stay tuned. This book is fantastic. It is the kind of book you are going to hold on to because it is going into this process of Ruratio. You are not going to want to miss out, you guys. So hang in there. More details to come. I'm so excited. And Kingori, congratulations on thank writing you, this well-needed book. Thank you, thank you, and congratulations to all of us uh, here at Matira Gemi because we've all put our energy into this, uh, and so can't wait, can't wait. It'll be a win for all Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you. Yes, it really will be. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, guys. So, Ayaki, now we we went after that because now we had three episodes on Ruratio. That's mm-hmm. how much, how deep it was, right? Mm-hmm. Then we had two episodes on the listener's choice. Well, Yaki, <laughs> what was this listener's choice all about? So listener's choice uh, was, you know, two episodes where we basically requested the audience to send us in questions 
and we would try and answer them. And so, you know, we got an overwhelming amount of questions. And, you know, I think the most of the, theme, the, the two themes I saw uh, in the questions that we received were obviously on marriage and then also single parenthood, which was the last episode which we recorded. But, you know, there was an extensive amount of questions and curiosity on uh, those two topics, which are sort of related, you know, so to speak. And so we we did our best to tackle those questions, and they were many. And I don't even think we tackled all of them. So um, I think we 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 did a pretty good job, and I think even the responses in uh, the messages that we received uh, thanking us for those questions uh, was adequate or it showed that we tried to do our best to answer them and the questions that we we don't know <laughs> we we don't know you know so yeah i agree uh Waiyaki. i think we brought this idea of the listeners episode from season one because our listeners really loved you know hearing some of your direct answers to their common questions like it was just that opportunity to almost have a q a which wasn't live but at least they got their answers their questions answered yes. uh, in a recorded version and so Waiyaki, thank you for you and king ori doing this which i think kind of leads me before we go into the last episode to a really exciting additional announcement, which is, you know, since we started this process, we have been getting so many requests for us to have live sessions where you guys are present with us. You're participating. You're seeing our smiling faces. You're asking questions. You're hanging out with us. You're sharing your stories with us. We're sharing stories. We're all connecting on this concept of Ogekoyo and really answering some of your questions live that we, we've not been able to answer in any, other, in, in any other format. So I am excited to say that in addition to this amazing book, we also are diversifying and we are going to be having these connection sessions where you will get to be present with us and we will all share, enjoy, education, fun, and in our culture. So stay tuned for those. Those are going to be delicious, my friends. You do not want to miss out on these live sessions. So we'll be dropping some more details on that. So with that said, King Ori, why don't you tell us about episode 10? What were some of the highlights on this episode on single parenthood? Wow. Episode yeah, nine. That- episode nine. Yes. <laughs> Kiwayaki. <laughs> Yeah, episode nine was actually a, a pretty big one, and it flew. It, it flowed very well from the listen, listeners' choice uh, uh, questions that came up from there around uh, women's rights, children's rights, and now we went into single parenthood, which primarily we talked about meruru and uh, that process called kohoya kiradimo or gutuka kehekiamushi, which is that misunderstood process where we think that a woman is paying ratio for themselves to, I don't know, marry themselves. Um, this is still an area that Njeri, I think we should probably in the next episode touch on yet again. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job of uh, demystifying what this was all about. The rights that a single parent had, the rights that are especially um, a widowed uh a widowed, uh, a widowed mother, or or, or would would have in their family, uh, even 
what divorce kind of looked like in the in the event that it did happen and the, in the very rare event it happened uh we went into a lot of detail around that and we we touched on some heavy things that um is not mainstream kerala especially on the issue of meruru we did the best we could but we reminded we reminded our listeners that these are not uh matters to kind of be delved into lightly uh these are matters that you always have to first go back home uh go back home i mean everything we've talked about here if you have a ceremony and you go gonna that you think you would like to have done and you're using this podcast as the guide for that i would i would like to ask you to all to to you know pause and then first go and talk to some elders within your family uh within your families or your neighbors look seek out those elders there are nuances to everyone's scenario you need those um you know crevices understood those nooks and crannies of your of your many issues everyone has a very uh, unique scenario around their issues not everyone has a same meruru problem not everyone has a similar issue uh, of koya keradimo so please first go back find those elders talk to your parents talk to your elder brothers and sisters first try and get some consensus around what it is that you're trying to do consult widely and then move forward uh we we're, we're not here and i think if we were a um a legal show we would be saying that what we're giving you is not legal advice uh, but rather uh you know give, sharing our perspective that is that is exactly what's happening on this podcast it's not legal advice for your specific scenario we are um you know unpacking concepts and so for your situation please once again step back go to your family ask those questions there and then build up slowly and you will get your answers and we hope that we have at least shared with you enough to know what questions to ask um and that really is as much as we can hope for oh yes i love that so much oh thank you for that awayaki any final thoughts on single parenthood yeah so just to piggyback on what king ori said uh that was a heavy um topic to talk about the th- the concepts we talked about and in fact you know in the written uh, literature kikui literature not a lot is written about what we discussed on meruru uh or on guiko uh that kirira is usually uh i don't know i don't want to say it's esoteric but it's it's yeah it's it's sort of hidden you know it's it's a philosophy that's hidden uh and you know the the discussions on the different schools of thought on that topic are you know still going on you know but you know like kingori said you have to go back to to your elders you have to go back to you have to go back home and, and seek this knowledge and try and understand uh the intricacies and the nuances of this knowledge you won't find you won't find in-depth analysis or in-depth knowledge in any book so to speak on some of these concepts uh i'll also say you know speaking of books um you know i listen I, me personally i've gotten a lot of uh, help uh and research from madaga.com uh I, i want to say he's a friend of mine 
the gentleman that runs uh, madaga.com and very helpful he has a store right now in kikuyu that you can go visit very knowledgeable on kirira you can buy books and seek knowledge and but for the most part seek knowledge from your elders and people who know when you sit down and talk to a a gentleman about kirira uh like you know face to face it's very different from what we are doing right now on the podcast we we're really giving uh cliff notes and you know kind of highlights uh the humility that i have developed uh from understanding kirira is the fact that it's such a wealth of knowledge and it's so deep that we've just scratched the surface Oh, I love that so much. And uh, what a great summary to season two. And what I can say is that it was a season that was a little heavier sometimes, but it was deep. It was so deep with so much knowledge where we on, we went beyond season one and we captured a lot of richness in our culture and we did so bravely and unapologetically. And I really have enjoyed this experience with you, Waiyaki and King Ori, thank you so much for doing this. But like they say, there's this song, and the song says some, goes something like, "It's so hard to say goodbye." <laughs> and do you guys even know that song? <laughs> yeah. we, we. We do. You're not doing it justice, but we do. Know, we know the song. <laughs> yeah. So the good news is, it is hard to say goodbye, you know, to yesterday. But the good news is, we're not really saying goodbye because if you stay tuned, my friends, I'm going to ask you guys to stay tuned before each both uh, Wayaki and Kingori give their final thoughts, right? Their final goodbye note. But stay tuned, not only for the book, because this book you want to get your hands on, my friends. You want to get your hands on this book, but also for the live sessions, the live connections that we are going to be having with you starting very soon. And you do not want to miss out. So stay tuned. By the end of the episode, uh, we are going to introduce you to uh, or give you more details about both of these things. So we will, we're not really saying goodbye. We're saying see you soon in a new, fresh and exciting way before season three. So I think with that, I'll turn it over to you, King Ori. And I'm going to just ask for your final reflections that you want to leave this audience with as we close season two. Right. So my parting uh, words on this are that uh, we have a civilization. We have an African civilization. We have Utu, Ubuntu. We have Unguana that comes with that. We have our way of working. We have our way of living. We have our way of interacting with each other and with our environment, with, our, with animals and plants, which was based on a level of consciousness that it would do us well in this day and age to reclaim. Um, let us not blindly keep following those who have led us to where we are today to live a world, live in a world that has become less conscious, less, um, you know, less aware of its destructive nature. Let us go back. Let's. We're talking about concepts like Sankofa, which say go back and fetch uh, that which you have lost. We're we're talking about Ogekoyo. There's a, there are two concepts: Goshokiaroe Mukara to bring the river back to its original path. Also, in order to be able to do that, we have to start by 
um, looking into it kumenya ni habori bugi ya tereire muriha you know where did um, the bell lose its its um it's gong. a little ringer it's gong right <laughs> it's gong, yeah uh, yeah so you know we have to go back and investigate where is it that we took the wrong turns uh, and what can we reclaim today because we have beautiful institutions that would serve us better than what we're seeing today we've seen those statistics more than 50% of marriages end up in divorce more than we're talking about now we learned last time that um of ladies 45 and younger that uh, around 60% are now single parents uh, this needs to change and i think our culture has some solutions for this so mine is to ask and to send out um this call to action for us all of us to investigate our cultures and see where it is that we can uh, relearn some things um, and uh, you know assume them and assimilate them and protect them so that we can uh, reconstruct our societies and have a better future to call for um, that's really all i would have to say thank you very much injeri and wayaki it has been a pleasure and uh, I, ca- i can't wait f- to see what we can do here in the future oh me too me too king or it has been such a pleasure having you as part of the crew to say it has been delicious is an understatement thank you for all the richness you have brought to this experience we thank you and we are grateful all right wayaki what are your parting words to our listeners Um uh, yeah all I'll say is you know this season has been uh one wonderful working with with you and Jerry and Kingori in putting this together it's you know it's been a a journey I think the it was um a really good experience to dig deep into some of these topics and I'll, I'll just say what uh add to what Kingori is saying is you know we have to go and find uh you know with the with the way uh the moral fabric of our society is moving we have to go back and find uh where we lost our way uh and you know you can't you, if you have a disease you can't heal the symptoms you know you can't just put bandages on you have to go to the root of the disease and find uh what where you went wrong or what happened uh so that you can get well again you know and and also even the bible says that you know when jesus was asked questions he said I, i didn't come to abolish the law of the prophets you know so he didn't come to destroy what was good that was of old you know so even as we have our we have our culture we have our civilization we have concrete philosophies concrete uh, ways of life that we can uh study and and live by you know it's not just to study and live by you know i i think our culture there's there's a certain sense or certain uh way that people can think that culture is cool you know it's cool to dress up in traditional gear and take pictures on instagram but it's our way of life you know it's sacred it's 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 holy it's it shouldn't be taken lightly it's it's it it was a way of life for our ancestors for thousands of years so we have to um take it seriously and and respect it 
Yes, thank you for those reflections, Wayaki. And I just love what you just said, that our culture is more than just pictures. Wearing clothes and taking pictures, um, that we are much deeper, you know, than that. And so for me, my closing thoughts have to do with the two of you. Just to say thank you on behalf of our listeners for really coming here and pouring into us the knowledge that is within you and the knowledge that you have gathered over the years. So Waiyaki and Kingori, we say thank you with me being one of the beneficiaries of your insights and one of your students. I think Kingori and Waiyaki and I also say a deep thank you to you, our listeners. You know, you have continued to be present. You have continued to give us a reason to, to do this podcast. You have continued to listen. You have continued to share it with others. You have continued to participate, whether it's on DM, on social media. We are so grateful for your engagement because you give us a reason to continue doing this. Even in our imperfection, a reason to continue representing our ancestors, representing our culture, and representing who we are. So thank you. And stay tuned right after this for more on the delicious book and the delicious life connections. Thank you for listening and for joining us on this journey where we honor our history, where we honor our heritage, where we honor our ancestors. We are grateful. You can find Matilde Gemi on social media, which is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also find us on Clubhouse, where we will occasionally host some live discussions following some of our episodes. We look forward to seeing you. Our website is matire-gemi.simplecast.com. Our email is matire.gemi at gmail.com. And this podcast is hosted, produced, and contributed to by Wayaki Yeshanga, Kingori Kanyi, and Jerry Diho. Thank you. And please share this widely.